You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. My sermon today is I'm growing and you ain't stopping me. Say that with me today. I'm growing and you ain't stopping me. I'm growing and you ain't stopping me. It says in an article that I was reading in the stats that I see that 80% of New Year's resolutions end by February. Here we are at March 1st, and people have made all these things to help them grow in their lives on January 1st. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to work out. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to love more. I'm going to read more books. I'm going to save more. I'm going to buy a car this year. I'm going to do this. We make all these New Year's resolutions, and it says in the stats that I saw that 80% of the people stop those resolutions, not even really by the end of February, by the second week of February. The stats that I read go on to say that 8% of New Year's resolutions survive the whole year. 8%. That somewhere, somehow, somebody comes up with this great idea, beginning of the year, I'm growing this year. I'm going to get bigger muscles. I'm going to find a spouse. I'm going to fix my house. I'm going to get a car. I'm going to get in shape. I know I have abs underneath here. I'm going to find them this year. I'm just determined to find them this year. I already gave up on that. They're, they're, <laughs> they're in hibernation. <laughs> I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better husband. 80% by February say, whoa, this is way too hard. Or some outside force affects them. There's only 8% that says, you know what, I'm going to keep persevering. I'm going to keep pushing forward. We're going to do this. We're going to find not just a six-pack, but an eight-pack. Might even add two more packs. Get me a 10-pack. Figure out how to get that. I want to encourage you today. Make you make, say some faith declarations, the simple phrase of, I'm growing, and you ain't stopping me. The scripture that we're going to stand on today is Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Paul is writing to the church of Colossal at the time, and he's saying, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That is my prayer for you today. That is my prayer for this church. That is my prayer for this congregation. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. And here's the part right here, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That word increasing means grow. Growing in the knowledge of God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm growing, and you ain't stopping me. If your spouse or your child is next to you, say, honey... Kid, I'm growing, and you ain't stopping me. That word increasing is growing. The Greek word there 
is axano, A-U-X-A-N-O. It means to cause to grow, to augment, to increase, to become greater, to grow, increase in plants, to grow, increase in infants, to grow, increase in a multitude of people, and to grow, increase in the inward Christian growth, increasing in the knowledge of God. That I've made a decision this year that I'm growing. I'm going to grow in my spiritual walk with God. I'm going to grow in my physical walk. I'm going to grow in my emotional walk. We talked about it a couple weeks back when we were talking about giving and and tithing. The scripture that we used was in 3 John. That John says, "I, I pray that you prosper in all things including your health, even as your soul prospers. That I want to grow emotionally. I don't want to get offended the same way I got offended in high school and in college. I don't want to get mad at my spouse or my kids for little things that annoyed me just because I've got my own little tics I want to grow emotionally. I want to grow physically. I want to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle. I want to be able to spend long life with my spouse. So that might mean not eating that chocolate bar, the whole thing. Maybe taking a step back from before me and my I would say before me and my wife got pregnant, she's the one that did all the work. So um, once she, before she got pregnant, we decided that we were going to grow together. And we started running. And I found out, I'm like, I'm tall and lanky. I can probably go run for miles. I found out very quickly that when you, you don't work out, how quick your body lets you know that you haven't been working out. <laughs> and so me and Maddie... Our parents live right down the road. We lived with them at the time. And we just took off running. We'd go run down to the, the church over there and down Springfield and run back. And we just walked and we would talk. And then she got pregnant and we stopped doing that. And now the baby's out. Now it's time for us to grow again, get back in shape like we talked about. I'm growing. My spouse ain't stopping me. I need to say the same thing, because I would love to sit on the sofa and hang out. We're growing. I want to grow spiritually. I've had encounters with God where nobody can come to me and tell me that God does not exist because I've seen Him. I've experienced Him. He's talked to me. He's blessed me. He's shown up in my dreams. He's shown up in my visions. He's shown up in my spouse. He's shown up in my kids. I've seen too much of God. I've experienced too much of God to where I'm just satisfied with where I'm at in my relationship. I'm growing. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. This is the last scripture, the last thing that Peter writes 
in his books, the very last thing he says, all of the ups and downs, all the good and bad that Peter has gone through, all the things that he could have said at the very end as he's finishing the last letter that he could have written. And the thing that he writes is, I'm still going to grow in the grace and knowledge. This is the man who denied Jesus to his face. And then Jesus shows up on the seashore and talks to him. Jesus didn't have to go and talk to him. He denied Jesus. Jesus said, been like, forget this guy. I'm done with him. Go on. Go back fishing. Go do whatever you got to do. I'll find somebody else to help grow and build my church. But no, no, no. He experiences grace, grace, grace. And he says, Peter, do you love me? He says, I love you, Jesus. He says, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? He says, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And he says, Jesus, you know I love you. You know I'll die for you. You know I'll do whatever I can for you. He says, then feed my sheep. He's in the upper room in chapter 2 and experiences something. 200 people plus experience. Feeling of the Holy Spirit. The evidence of speaking in tongues. And the man who was scared and hiding and denying Jesus now stands on the rooftop of the very city that has crucified his Savior and preaches a message that saves 3,000 people but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is a man who has experienced Jesus on so many different levels that he says, I have to know him more. I have to grow more. I have to experience more grace, more knowledge. Because I've tasted and seen how good he has been. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I haven't, in my life, haven't been a fan of school. My whole life. Hated, hated school. Wasn't a fan of it. Was homeschooled. Um, got a lot of spankings uh, because uh, I didn't do school. Um, I was very fidgety. Uh, you can notice that because I can never stay still anywhere. I try. I'm sorry if I make you nauseous from my movement. Um, I'm trying to stay still right now. Uh, <laughs> and mom, when she was homeschooling us, I'd start tapping and moving and fidgeting. And she said, go outside. And we lived in an apartment complex at the time. And I would just take off running. I'd run circles around the apartment complex, and I'd come back in all out of breath because I still couldn't run even back then. And, uh, and she'd say, okay, do your school. I hated school. Did video homeschool in middle school. Went to, pri- went to public school in high school, first time coming out of homeschool. Into, you know, I found out that there were more actual women, girls out there than just my mom. I said, Wait a second, they're, they're my age? That's pretty cool. Um, went to high school, past high school, Got scholarships and all that. Went to college because that's what you do. Did four years of college. Hated school all through that. Was trying to hurry up and get out of college. Get done with that. Got hired by the Border Patrol. My degree was in criminal justice. Was trying to get in the military. And God stopped me. Had an encounter with him in my shower where he told me not to go. I said, well, what do you want me to do, God? And he said, go back to school. I said, wait a second. No, I rebuke you, devil. That is, not, that is not God. Went to Bible school. Went there for two years. Got an associate's degree there. Went back to Louisiana. Felt called to go back to my church. And my pastor said, I'd love to have you. Don't have any money to pay you. Uh, but I'm on the board of a private school. 
and I could probably get you teaching at a school. I said, well, look at God working. Just look at him. Look at him just being such a blessing. So me and Maddie taught at this school. I had to read more books and study and do more. And I taught 6th through 8th Bible. I taught ninth grade Bible. I taught 10th through 12th grade Bible. I taught 8th grade physical science. I taught ninth grade English and ninth grade history. And Maddie taught kindergarten. I said, you know what? I'm done with school. We finished that. We felt called to go to Dallas and be with Pastor Eric and Heather. Sat there and started spending time with them. And he said, hey, you know what? We've got a Bible school that we're a part of called Life Christian University, and we would think you could be a great teacher if you wanted to be a part of that. I said, oh, look at, look at God just, just blessing us with more school. And he said, well, if you teach the classes, you can actually get your bachelor's. You don't really have to do the work. You just have to teach it. I said, okay. I said, that's good. So I started teaching these classes, teaching these people, these Bible school stuff, and we had to end up stopping the school, and one of the guys who was overseeing the school came to me and said, hey, you're real close to a bachelor's of theology if you want to keep doing it. I said, well, how close am I? And he said, well, the only downfall is you're going to have to read books and write papers. I said, oh. I said, well, he said, you're only a couple classes away. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, I'll do it. Started reading books and started writing papers, six 12-page papers every month. He comes to me and he says, hey, you didn't know this, but while you were doing these classes, I was also, I had it set up to where you were actually receiving credit for your master's. He said, so here's your bachelor's in theology, but you're really close to your master's of theology. I said, how, how close am I to my master's of theology? He said, well, just a couple more months and, and you should be able to get done. And the month that I left and packed up my U-Haul and drove to South Carolina was the month that I turned in my last 12-page paper to him to receive my master's of theology that the person who hates school has an associate's, two bachelor's, and a master's. And since I've been here, I've kind of been on a hiatus of I'm done reading books. I'm, I'm tired of reading books. And, and now the thing is we've decided that we're going to homeschool our child, which looks like, praise be to God, we're going to be starting first grade here shortly, or kindergarten, uh, and back in school, here we go. But I've kind of made a decision, and I'm slowly starting to get back in, that I need to be reading, because reading is where I can grow and where I can learn, and I need to get back into growing my mind. I need to get back into growing how to be a better leader, how to be a better pastor, how to be a better this, how to be, and that only happens by reading. Yes, I can listen to all the podcasts, all the sermons, all these different things, but there's something about me picking up a book and reading, and I'm growing, and I'm not letting anybody stopping me. Let's read a little bit of a story that we've heard before in Mark chapter 4, 13 through 20. Jesus just gets done talking about his first parable, the sower and the seed. He comes back inside with his disciples, and his disciples say, hey, hey, um, I mean, I understood what you were saying, um, but Judas, he, he didn't understand the parable. So could you explain it to Judas? I'll just take notes too, just in case. His disciples say, what, how can you explain this parable to me? So Jesus is explaining the parable of this seed growing, the seed being planted inside of us and growing, starting in verse 13, and he... Jesus said to them, the disciples, 
Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? All right, Jesus, that's, that's a bit of a stretch. That, that hurts right there. Number four, verse 14, Jesus is explaining the parable. He says, the sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside. Now he's going to start talking about the negative people who stop growing, people who received a seed in their heart, who received the word, who had an idea, who had a dream, who had a vision, and they took a step just like these people at the New Year's resolution. And these are part of the 80% right here. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. A faith statement for us right here. I'm growing. Say it with me. I'm growing. And devil, you ain't stopping me. I'm growing. And devil, you ain't stopping me. I'm making a decision today that the seed that is being placed inside my heart, the seed that has been dormant for so long, it's going to bear fruit. And it says that the devil will come immediately. Uh Uh-uh, not today, Satan. I'm growing, and the devil ain't stopping me. Let's look at verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. In the first part of verse 17, and they have no root in themselves. Another faith statement for us. I'm growing. Say, I'm growing. In flesh, you ain't stopping me. You ain't stopping me. Here we are. This is a prime example of this story right here. That we are sitting here in church. The word is here for us. We're glad about it. It's exciting us. There's something inside of us. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us. It's encouraging us. We go home. We're telling our friends about it. We're mulling it over. We lay down at night. We're thinking about what the pastor said, what the Holy Spirit told us while we were sitting there. And then we wake up Monday morning. The alarm goes off. And all of a sudden, immediately they have no root in themselves. Well, today's going to be a terrible day. The job is going to suck like it always does. This is going to be a rough week. The wife's already nagging me. The husband's already getting on my case. Breakfast or coffee isn't ready. The kids are yelling. The car won't start. The dog's barking. We were such filled with gladness just 12 hours ago. 24 hours ago, we were so excited for the Word of God. Here we are, I'm growing and ain't nobody stopping me. And Monday comes and, well, Monday's stopping me. Yep, yep. No, 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 I'm growing. and Flesh, you ain't stopping me. Let's keep reading verse 17. And so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the world's sake, immediately they stumble. And there you are in the 80%. Giving up. Throwing your hands in, throwing the towel. Immediately when tribulation comes, I'm growing and insecurities ain't stopping me. Say it with me. I'm growing. Insecurities ain't stopping me. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises, immediately they stumble. I'm growing and troubles or sin ain't stopping me. Say, I'm growing and troubles and sin, you ain't stopping me. You ain't stopping me. Verse 18 Now these are the ones sown among thorns. 
They're the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. 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 We have a pear tree in the back part of our property. And last year it, it had a bunch of pears on them. And we were trying to figure out what was going on with them. And, uh, and so we pulled some off and brought them to uh, Maddie's parents and showed it to her dad. And By the way, they aren't here today because they're in California because Maddie's older sister had her baby boy Wednesday morning, I believe. So eight-pound, beautiful little baby boy. So they flew out uh, Wednesday afternoon to California uh, to go spend some time with them. As of the last I heard, they didn't have a name for the boy yet. Maybe they, maybe Maddie knows it. But uh, So they've got another grandbaby. So I think that makes seven or eight under six years old. So... Uh, We know how to have babies in the family. The deceitfulness, the cares of this world. I'm growing and the world ain't stopping me. Say it with me. I'm growing and the world ain't stopping me. The deceitfulness of riches. I'm growing and my finances and money ain't stopping me. I'm growing and and my finances and riches aren't stopping me. And the desires for other things entering in and choke the word. Say, I'm growing and my fleshly desires aren't stopping me. I'm making a decision today. Making it. Yeah, we're going to make it today. We're, gonna, we're making face statements. We're saying them out loud. It's not just who cares what the pastor says. You need to hear it out of your own mouth that you're going to grow and there's nothing These things aren't going to stop you from that seed that's been planted in your life, that God's called you to do something so many years ago, that God's called you to do something this year, that God's encouraged you, that God's loved you, that God's got a plan for you, He's got a purpose, He's got an idea of what He wants you to do in your life, in your family's life, in your spouse's life, in your kid's life. It's not stopping you. Here we go. Here's some good news. Verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Say, I'm good ground. Those who hear the word, we're hearing the word today. The second step is accepting the word. And number three is bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. We went and showed the, the pears to Mr. Jim, and he said, well, they're not, they're not ripe enough, they're, or they're too ripe. They're not ready yet. He said, you know, give them a little bit more time. I said, okay, that's fine. And uh, some of the rain came, and different things happened, and uh, they started getting brown, and I said, I don't know, are they moldy? Should we pull them off? Are they good? Are they bad? I said, well, give them a little more time. We went back out there, and it was completely bare. All the pears were gone. There wasn't anything on the ground. I don't know who ate them all, but there was somebody that was very hungry and ate 20, 30, 40 pears off our tree, didn't get one this season. I said, well, that's, it's fruitful. It was fruit there, but I, I didn't get to enjoy it. I didn't get says that you are grafted into the tree of Jesus. You are the branch. And as a branch, you get to bear fruit. That fruit comes off of you. Being a Christian, fruit is just going to come off of you. Love, joy, peace, those things. But if you're not tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, that fruit is just going to waste by the wayside. 
that you could be so much more effective in the kingdom if you use that fruit that's coming off of you, that's growing off of you. But these are the ones, verse 20, sown on good ground. And those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. That right there, it tells us that when you bear fruit, it's not just one fruit. He immediately jumps to 30-fold. Look at how good our God is. Look at how abundant our God is. That he just automatically jumps to 30, 60, 100-fold. He's not saying you're going to bear fruit just one or two maybe if you're lucky. No, no. Our abundant God, our loving God, takes us up out of the miry clay and brings us up and says you'll immediately get 30. You'll immediately get 60 or 100-fold in your life. Say, I'm growing. And the Word and God is helping me. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, I've talked about this scripture before, but we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It doesn't say we're going from glory to gutter. Doesn't say we're going from, from glory to the ditch again. Doesn't say that, that I'm going to fall again. It says I'm going from glory to glory. It's getting better, 30, 60, 100 fold. I'm going up in life. When I grow in God, I grow, I increase, I bear fruit, I flourish. We're growing from glory to glory. Look at Romans 1 17. 1 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power. Verse 17 says, for in it, it being the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from where? From faith to faith. I'm growing. I'm growing from faith to faith. I'm growing from glory to glory as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Look at where God's wanting to take you, what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to build your faith. He's wanting to build you to glory. Let's look at a quick perk of glory. Psalms 92, 12 through 14. Psalms 92, 12 through 14. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Remember, it says in the scriptures that the great exchange happened, that he who knew no sin became sin so that you could become righteous. So as soon as you accept Jesus in your heart, as soon as you become saved, you no longer identify as a sinner, you now identify as righteous. And that means, being saved, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. God's already said it, you're going to flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, verse 13. Those who are planted where? In the house of the Lord. Whoa, makes coming to church a lot more important then. Those who are planted in the house not just visiting, not just in a temporary pot, but your planet. Oh, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, I'm not saying anybody here is old, but if you think that you're old, here's a promise for you. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. As I grow older, in him all the promises are yes and amen. Here's a promise right here. As I get older, as long as I obey my parents, I'm promised long life. But I want to have good long life. Oh, well, how do I do that? Oh, just by being righteous, just by being planted in the church. You'll bear fruit in your old age. The world out there says when you're old, you put them in an old folks' home and you just wait till they die. No, no, no. 
God can still use you. God still wants to pull something out of you and then bring something through you. Fresh and flourishing. Fresh and flourishing. The perks of going to church. Church that I was a part of when I grew up. I, I go back through all the things that have happened of just being in church. No matter what happened, I was always in church. The doors were open, you're going to be in church. Constantly going to church. The doors were open Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. They had events, revivals, whatever it was, we were there. Because of the church that I was a part of, mom led me to the Lord the day before I turned four, August 27th, 1990. Got saved. Got baptized in water in high school by Brother Dole Evans. Got filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues on a Wednesday night. Some random lady prayed for me at the front of the church. I've given to the church and seen blessings in my life, financial blessings. I said yes to God and went to Bible school, which was like two years of church every day. And I met my wife there because I prayed for and believed for her. I can take you to that room where we had chapel, and I can take you to chairs and sections of saying, this is where God told me this. I can take you to the back left section and show you a seat where God showed me this, and some woman prophesied, me, prophesied over me there. I can take you to another section on the left side of the building where God gave me a vision for one of my friends who was away from God that I called him that night and talked with him, prayed with him, encouraged him, took my youth to that same, they had a youth camp, took them there. I can show you on the back wall where I had an encounter with some of the boys from my youth group, including my brother, and I prayed over them. I can take you to the front row where there was a girl in my youth group who was just crying under the power of God, and I got to hold her and pray over her, and she instantly got filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues. I can take you to different places in McKinney, I can take you to places here where God has shown up because I just decided I'm going to plant myself and my family in this house, in this church, because I know the importance of church and growing. Say, I'm growing, and the church is helping me. The last thing, and I'm finishing with this, why am I so confident today in making those statements that I'm growing? Because if we started in Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 and 10 where Paul is praying and telling us what we can have. But why am I so confident in increasing and growing in the knowledge? If we keep reading in Colossians 1 chapter 13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Delivered us. Moved us out of there. And conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Verse 14 in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Verse 13, let's go back. That word conveyed us into the kingdom means to transpose, to transfer, to remove from one place to another, to change a situation or place. There is nothing that I could do in my sin nature to get from where I was to being in the throne room of God, to calling Him Abba Father. There was nothing that I could do until He showed up and He delivered me from the power of darkness. And He conveyed, He picked me up, He grabbed me by a seed, He pulled me up out of wherever I was, and He brought me over to His kingdom, and He planted me into His kingdom. 
And because he took me out of the darkness and he planted me in his kingdom, that's how I know I'm growing. Because it says that nothing fails with him. Nothing's going to fall short. Nothing is going to be lost by him. So therefore, I'm growing and nothing is going to stop me from growing. Say, I'm growing and nothing is going to stop me. Make the decision today to grow. Grow in Him. Don't give up. Don't quit fighting for the dreams and the visions and the things that God has told you. Go back. When is the last time God spoke to you? What is the last thing that God told you? Did you do it? Did you obey? Did you listen? Revisit that. Talk with Him again. Believing the Holy Spirit is already speaking to you and encouraging you and showing you some things that you can help Grow in your life. Make the decision today that you are growing and nothing is going to stop you or hold you back from achieving those things. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up as we get ready to go today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this seed that has been planted in our hearts. And it will bear fruit because we've heard it. We've received it. We're going to act on it. And we're going to see fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold flourish in our lives, and we believe that we're going to plant ourselves in the house of God. No matter what age we are, we're going to be fresh and flourishing in all aspects. Father, we make faith declarations through this whole service, and we continue to make it today as we go into this week. I'm growing. Even when those negative thoughts come into our mind, even when those negative people and those negative words come against us, it says that greater is he that's in me than anything that can come against me in the world. It says in the scriptures that any tongue that rises against me, I have the power to condemn it. So therefore, today I'm growing, and there is nothing that is going to stop me or hinder me from getting as close to you as I can so that I can experience you, Abba Father, in my life. So I can experience freedom from my insecurities, from any sin cycle, from anything that's holding me back so I can experience your love, your grace, your mercy. I'm growing, Father. I'm, I'm declaring by faith I'm growing. And nothing can stop me. So God, help your people today. Help, your, help them as they read your word, as they hear your word, that it bears good seed in them. Father, I'm just going to read the scripture over us because there is the power is in your word. That, Father, you said your people here have the mind of Christ. Your word was sent and it healed us of our diseases. It says, by Jesus' stripes, your people are already healed. Father, it says in your word that right now we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are blessed in the city and we're blessed in the field. We are blessed where we are right now and we're blessed in the future that you're bringing us into. Your word says that everything we put our hands to must prosper. Your word says that the favor of God surrounds me like a shield. Your word says that the favor of God is with me and with man. Father, we thank you right now that these people are the salt and light of the earth. We are a city set on a hill. We are your friends. We are your brothers. We are your church. And Father, we will go out and we will tell your people and tell this world and this region about you. Bring people across our path this week, Father, that we can encourage them to grow. We can encourage them to seek after your face. 
Now, Father, protect your people. I know we have people in this church who are traveling right now, who are out uh, on vacation and in California and all those things. Father, I just pray protection over them, health over them. Father, we come against this coronavirus right now. It will not come in my family. It will not come on me. It will not come in this region. We come against that in the name of Jesus. Everything with a name must bow its knee. And we say that if coronavirus has a name, that it must bow its knee at the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against against us is going to prosper. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for this. Protect your people. Cause them to prosper in everything they do and bring them back safely next Sunday and the young adults to our house on Saturday. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.